looking so much forward to introduce you to one of the most famous Christmas carols. Lift up your heads, ye mighty gates. And we start a series um, until Christmas with uh, different Christmas carols. And this song especially was written in the 17th century from Reverend George Weissel in occasion of the dedication of the newly constructed Altrosgärter Church in Königsberg. The making of this story includes a very exciting and interesting experience which I really am happy to introduce you right now. It was in Königsberg in the year 1623. In the city, the Polish-born Georg Weissel assumed the pastorate. It was a difficult time. War, hunger, and epidemics did not leave the population untouched. The young pastor was walking near the cathedral when he was hit by a strong winter storm. The wind blew strongly into his face and almost took his breath away. Weissels walked towards the cathedral to find protection under the high portal. With his eyes fixed on the door, he reached the wide steps. At that moment, the door opened wide, and the friendly ringer made an, in, an inviting gesture. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Here everyone is welcomed in the same way, whether patrician or day laborers. The door of the King of Kings is wide open. Weissel shook the snow of his coat and patted the ringer on the shoulder. He has just given an amazing preaching. Until the storm had subsided, a new song was created on a bench in the cathedral. In the afternoon of the fourth advent, the old and infirm of the community gathered for a Christmas celebration. Thereafter, the choir was supposed to bring joy to the residents of the city with Christmas songs. However, this year the church members didn't want to sing any songs for the grain merchant Sturgis. His house was on the path to church and Sturgis had enough of the old and sick walking through this park on the way to church every Sunday. He surrounded it with a fence and closed it to the outside world with a huge gate. Now. The path was denied to the poor, and the detour through the city was too far and difficult for most of them. So they complained to Pastor Weisel and asked for advice and help. He said, I mean, we would, wouldn't truly be able to celebrate Advent and Christmas if he excluded the rich man. Our Savior does not pass by any house nor any heart, does he? So they stopped in front of the magnificent park gate of the grain merchant Sturgis. Reluctantly, the merchant left his house. Then Pastor Weisel began, began, began his speech. He spoke of the King of Kings, who even today waits before closed doors of hearts and wishes to enter. Then he turned to Sturgis with the words, I implore you not to only open this visible door, but also the door of your heart, 
and let the king enter in before it's too late. At that moment, the choir began singing the song which was revolved in the cathedral. Lift up your heads, ye mighty gates. Behold the king of glory waits. The king of kings is drawing near. The savior of the world is here. Life and salvation he doth bring. Wherefore rejoice and gladly sing. We praise thee, Father now. Creator wise art thou. The words penetrated deeply into Stogie's heart. He slowly walked to the big park gate, put his trembling hand into his pocket, took out the key and opened the heavy iron gate wide. Pastor Weisel was the first to step into the open door. The choir followed and then, somewhat reluctantly, the poor people. Sturgis opened the door of his house and announced that from now on the gate and door should remain open to give access to the king of kings. Then everybody stepped into this stately home, even the old, whose sight the merchant could hardly bear till that moment. It became a Christmas celebration as nobody has accepted. A celebration full of joy, peace, and thankfulness. So let us sing this song together. Lift up your heads, ye mighty gates. Thank you so much. What a beautiful, fascinating story with so many facets. What I like to look at is the uh, Reverend Weisel. He was born in 1590 in East Prussia. He studied music and theology and he was well, a well-known hymn poet. He was the first pastor ordained in that ultra church. And what fascinates me that 
just from one verse from the Bible turn out such an enfolding story with so many facets. So I really love to read this Bible verse from Psalm 24, verse 7, which says, Lift up your head, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. This pastor, he knew that Bible verse. And not only did he know this Bible verse, but this Bible verse lived in, in him somewhere, somehow, in his mind, in his heart. And when it came to a, a particular situation in an everyday life where he stood in a stormy, snowy winter day in front of a closed door, all of a sudden, this Bible verse jumped up and was alive in him. He found the Bible verse in an everyday life situation, and this turned out to an experience to an example with that beautiful song with a message that comes from centuries ago and is still really um, known here in this time. So, but not only did this Bible verse connect with a personal experience and turn into an example in his life, but also when he found one day a closed human heart, then and had to decide how to react, then this Bible verse was present with this experience, this personal example, and it was dominating and determining his answer and his action to this situation. I think this is amazing. Let's think of we would read a Bible verse and have it in our hearts, in our minds, and then have a personal experience get this Bible verse alive in ourselves. And when it comes to a particular situation in our everyday lives where we don't know how to act and how to handle that situation, all of a sudden it's, it jumps up and we have this Bible verse with a personal experience and an example. And it will be very, very leading to how we react, how we give an answer, how we act to this particular situation. I think this must be very fantastic. And I like to have a look on that. The story of Reverend Weisel can be your story, can be my story. And there are four simple ways like we can develop something that the Bible verse gets alive in our, in our lives. The first step is simple. Read the Bible. There are many different pictures because there are many different ways to read the Bible. Some like to read the Bible outside, some inside, some in company. But do whatever you like to do just to keep yourself motivated to read the Bible. I start reading I started reading the Bible when I was six, so this is now 40 years ago. Since 40 years, I'm reading the Bible more or less, with more or less joy, with more or less um, taking out of it. But I tried so many different things to just uh, keep on reading, to just keep motivated on reading. And this is one of my first tips for you. Do whatever you get attracted to read the Bible. Maybe you place several Bibles in, in your apartment and open them and when you walk by, you just put your finger there and you just read one verse and then turn some pages. When you come back, you read another verse. Just read the Bible. And um, I started several years ago, maybe two or three years ago, with uh, taping out some single Bible verses and then printed them out and I collected them and now I have a whole pile of Bible verses and I read them. I read them again 
and again and again. And never was it so inspiring to read these Bible verses because all of a sudden, because I read them over and over again, they started to become alive in, in my heart, in my mind. And they were no longer just black letters on white paper. They turned alive inside of me. And I think there are so many different ways to keep the Word of God alive in yourself, and it's worth it. So I really have to confess, I probably, in my 40 years of reading the Bible, read this Psalm 24, but not more. So today, I like to focus on this Psalm 24, verse 7, and I read it again in a different translation. Open up your gates, open wide, and the glorious King will come in. And there is more than just reading that leads me to the next step. When you read the Bible verse, the second step is observe. Create an image of this Bible verse. Try to imagine how that Bible verse is and what is the picture behind it and to just do whatever you can do to bring that Bible verse alive. And I found three very helpful things. The first is, let the Bible verse melt in your mouth. And you have probably heard that before or probably not, but I really like to um, practice that with you right now. So relax and just listen to what I'm telling you about melting the Bible verse in your mouth. Open, open up, open up you, open up you gates, open up you gates, open, open up you gates, open wide. And when I read this Bible verse like this, this word wide stuck out and something was stirred up in my heart. And when that happened with one particular word, I go Google and Google for the synonym. You know what wide means? Wide means huge, vast, generous. And now I invite you. We never done that before, maybe. But please stand up and make this wide huge, generous, stretch out your arms and feel it in your body, this word, feel it in your heart, make it, please stand up and try this with me, make this generous arm spread out, make this wide feeling so you can feel what this word wide means and now I like to go deeper in that verse, the heart is wide, the arms are wide, everything in you tries to be wide and and the, and the glorious, and the glorious king, and the glorious king will, and the glorious king will come, and the glorious king will come in. And now we are into the Bible verse. We melted it on your mouth and we can say, Glorious King, come into my heart. Glorious King, come into my situation. I invite you. Come into my problems, come into my mountains, come into my dark thoughts. Come in, glorious King, come in. Amen. You can be seated again. Another thing that really helps me is to try to find an illustration about this Bible verse. So let's go back in our thoughts centuries ago. 
Imagine we would live in a city, thick walls are surrounded, and then a gate closed this wall and protect the city because it's war. The king is fighting outside on a battlefield against the enemies. And then all of a sudden, a messenger comes running out of press and cries, The king is coming! He has defeated the enemies! Open the gates! Open the gates and give him an honorable reception! The king is coming! Glory to this king! And the doors are open. So we all of a sudden have an imagination of this verse. Open the gates. And when I think of this picture, then I think, to whom do I actually open my heart? To whom do we open the gates? Who is it? And then we can read the context. There is another verse of the psalm, of the verse 7, verse 8. It says, who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. And we know to whom we open a heart. Not to everyone. That stuck out for me when I was going through this Bible verse. I all of a sudden realized I have a door, like a gate in my heart. And I don't have to open that gate to anyone and everyone. I can choose to whom I open the gates. And for me, it was clear. I open the gates for the King of Kings, for the King of Glory. This was the message I got out of that. And then came to an example. One evening, I was um, disloading the dishwasher, everyday work, I was thinking of the messages I have to do, this message, next message, this is going on, that is going on. And then I felt all of a sudden fear is crawling up my neck, a fear took over my feelings. But you have to know, I got rid of exactly that fear that made me stiff and make me be ready to prepare and ready to work and just go. I got rid of exactly that fear in this year. So. It was as, as if Jesus stood next to me and said, you can close your gates. You can close them. The fear, you don't have to let them in just because they are knocking at your door. You decide whether you open or you close the door. And I realized it maybe for the first time. I can decide. And so I closed my heart's door and I said, no, 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 no fear. No, I got rid of you and I don't like you anymore in my life. It feels much better without that fear. And I can do my work also without being so stiff and, and so concentrated and so focused because the fear is, is sitting on my neck. No, I don't invite you again. So out of this Bible verse, out of this picture, I got a personal experience from an everyday situation. And not only that, then it turns into a prayer. It came to another situation. I, I was very busy in November. I had the ladies' lounge here at ICF, and then one week later we were in Vienna, and also I could fly to Leiden to, to another ladies' lounge at the same weekend, so I tried to keep up a little bit with what Leo is doing, traveling, and uh, just to, to, to feel how he feels all the time. And then one week later I had another invitation in Spiez in Berner Oberland, and there I had to have three different messages and Leo said, okay, when you are on Saturday there, then you can preach on Sunday at ICF Burn. That makes a whole package and it's beautiful. And I said, okay, I, I do that. But I knew I am not Leo. I have to focus and I have to really um, 
do my uh, plan my time wisely and so I decided to sleep in a hotel from um, Saturday night to Sunday morning in order to get restored and you know, I was preaching on the stage and we had a great time, a lot of women around and great feelings. But then I was thinking, how would I feel in the evening when I am all alone in the hotel room, knowing that Leo is with friends and, and our boys and not a, not a nice feeling probably. And then it was as if Jesus was saying, look, now it's like wedding celebration. But in the evening, when you are all alone, then I carry you up the stairs into your room. And this was a very helpful picture. So that evening, I was all alone in the room. And all of a sudden, I could feel a little bit sad. I was alone alone, worn out from the all-day work, worn out from the lot of talking and lot of people, and I felt sad, and also self-pity. I felt pity for myself because I am so alone in that hotel room in a foreign place. And it was as if Jesus was saying to me and opened the eyes and say, look, sadness and self-pity knocked at your heart's door. You opened the door like you opened a hotel room. They came in. And now, it's your decision what you are doing. You can just keep them and keep company with them the rest of the evening. It's your choice. But you don't have to. You can send them out as they came in. And because... I knew this Bible verse because I had this picture in my mind of that gate, of that city wall with the gates you can close and you can protect. And because I had this personal experience at the dishwasher's place, I said, sadness, you knocked at my door. I, invite, I let you in because I was not aware of it. But now you can go again. Self-pity, you knocked at my heart's door. I opened it and I let you in because I was not aware of it. But now you can go again. And I closed the heart's door because I knew this Bible verse. I had this personal experience from everyday life. I had this picture in my mind and it determined my answer to a certain situation in my life. And I was so glad for it. And you know, the Bible is full of Bible verses with such experience containing, but we have to learn it like we have to learn a language, a foreign language. We have to plan time. We have to practice it and we have to speak this language in order to be comfortable with that. It's all available for us. The question this evening is, to whom do you open your heart? To, you, to whom do you open the gates of your heart? Who is coming in? The king is knocking at your door. Maybe for the very first time you are aware of it. You're maybe a little bit afraid because you don't know what's happened. You, it's your decision to open your heart's gate. Or maybe you are in difficult situations and there were several different um, things that were knocking. You let them in because you didn't know better. But now 
It's your decision to keep them, to keep the company with all these different feelings that help you to be more sad, that help you to feel more um, unworthy. It's your decision or to let them out and say, I close the door and only open it for the King of Kings.